0: It's a very hard series to remember. Jesus, okay? It's a very long title, and I don't know if you can make it, but Jesus. The Scripture says that that this right here, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. Not you, I, Jesus, will draw all men. If he's lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. Do you get that? If Jesus is lifted up, and here's here's the thing. Here's a sad thing we see in so many, uh, so, so many churches, in so many people's life, is they lift up other things. They don't lift up Jesus. And I hope that you haven't been to a church lately that doesn't talk about Jesus. But when you don't hear a church talking about Jesus, there's got to be an issue. And I don't care if they run in five or 5,000 people, because all that matters is Jesus. And the writer of the book of Hebrews is pretty much saying that. Throughout the whole scripture, the whole Hebrew book, he's saying all that matters is Jesus. That's all that matters. And so that's what we're talking about again this morning. We're going to start out in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13, if you're taking notes. This is such a great verse. It says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one whom we are accountable. Now, you may have heard this scripture verse before. You heard a preacher as he's grabbed a hold of his Bible, and he says, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The and it is so true. But something that we don't understand is what is the word of God. And I don't know if you've ever ever been told this before, but the word of God is one. It is Jesus. So look at this right here. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, "In the beginning the word already existed. The word was God and the word was God." So the word of God was already here in the beginning. Jesus was already here in the beginning. So the word of God is powerful. So the writer says, Jesus is powerful. You know, if you look in Hebrews, what he is trying to do because he is writing to the Jews, you know what the writer is trying to say is, I'm going to show you, there's so many verses from the Old Testament in Hebrews, if you didn't know that. I'm going to show you Jesus in the Old Testament. Because you see, the Jews didn't have the New Testament, number one. Number two, they didn't believe a lot of this stuff. So what the writer is trying to say is, I'm going to prove to you that Jesus is the person, is the Messiah. He's the high priest. He's the one that you've been looking for. That's who he is. And so we get to learn from this because of that. I say all the time, I'm so glad that we had we have these epistles that have been written. Because if we didn't have these letters written to the church and written to other people, then what would we have? We wouldn't have the New Testament. <laughs> so it's a good thing for us that they were confused because it helps us because otherwise we would be confused. They didn't have the Bible as we have it today. They had the Torah. Um, they had uh, they had a lot of the older scriptures, you know, like Isaiah and Jeremiah and all those prophets. They had, they had Psalms. They had those things, but they didn't have the New Testament, and they didn't understand that when Jesus came, Jesus didn't come to do away with the Old Testament, all right? He didn't come to do away with it. He came to fulfill it, and we talked about that, I think, uh, a couple weeks ago. He came to fulfill it. He came to take the law, and he became the blood sacrifice that we had to have for that. So he says, In John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. So in the beginning, Jesus already existed. Jesus was the Word. He was God. He was in the beginning. He is all the way through the Old Testament. He is talked about in many different scriptures in the Old Testament. And then the New Testament is the coming of the word of God. And when Jesus says something, it's true. So when the scripture says, when Jesus says, these things that I have done and greater will you do, do we believe that? Do we trust that? Do we have a faith that what Jesus said is true? And I say, we should have faith that what he said is true. Because if we have faith that he saves us because he said that salvation is in him alone, right? There's What he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes into the Father except through Jesus. So if we believe that, why can't we believe the rest of it? See, we as Christians need to understand that we have a power on our side that is stronger more powerful. We were talking about how this morning, how you handle other Christians who have went through a a struggle and a time of hurt. You know how you handle somebody who has not gone through a struggle and time of hurt is through the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit and the Word, Jesus. See, what we don't uh, many times understand or that we forget is that it is Jesus that changes lives, not us. It, is said, it has been said, you know, if you let God save them, he gets to keep them. If you save them, you've got to keep them. Do you know what I'm saying? It says if, you, if you're the one who convinces somebody to come to Christ, you're the one who has to keep them convinced to come to Christ. But if God convinces them, then God gets to keep them. That's what the Scripture says, says that nobody can take you out of his salvation. Nobody can jerk you out of there. Nobody can take you away from the love of God. It's deeper, it's higher, it's wider than anything that you can imagine, anything that we see on this earth. There's nothing that compares to the love of Christ. So Jesus is the word. So when we give the word to people, do you know that sometimes it's a scripture? One scripture could take that person and change them just like that. We all know the scripture that's changed many lives. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. One scripture. And it may be another scripture in there that really touches somebody. Because when you have the word and it is stronger and it is mighty and it is alive, that means it is working. The word is working today. The word is working today. Today, you know, the the Jews, the Jews were were I wouldn't say they were closer to God, but they had a different understanding of who God was, the majesty of who God was. And they would they would come in the synagogue and they would have they would read the scriptures that they had. You remember Jesus walked in one day and he stood up there and he began to read it. If we if we did that, well, I, I don't know Many churches would clear out today if we just stood up and we read six or seven chapters of the Bible for our sermon, and we didn't do anything else because we didn't because we, we don 't entertain them right we've got to be entertained we've got to feel good about things, but if we just got up and we began to read the scriptures would do do we understand the majesty and the great thing is, do we understand the power that is the scripture because the scripture the Bible, whether it's on a tablet or whether it's in a book that you have, with, with it's leather bound or hardback bound or paper bound, whatever it is, it is powerful. It is alive. It is working. And when we use that, sometimes we can use one scripture, and I use a lot of scripture when I'm ministering to people. You know. Uh, we have a psychologist in here, and there's a lot of psychological things that you can say to somebody. And you can tell, oh, this is why you're going through this, and this is why you're going through that, and this is why this is happening, and this, this over here is happening, and everything else. But sometimes it's just the Scripture that they need, and they don't realize it. And we use that Scripture. We use the Word because it's powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. And we use that Scripture, and it can change their lives, and we need to understand that in our own lives, that when Jesus is living inside of us and we have his word inside of us, some people say, well, I just don't even know what to say. I, I, I can't remember that scripture. Isn't it interesting? And I can, uh, Most everybody here probably can raise a hand that has ministered to somebody. If you've ministered to somebody, you can probably raise your hand on this and say this, that you're standing there and you start, you start ministering to somebody and with scripture that you read one time, pops into your head, and you're able to quote it. And later on, you're going, how did I know that? I didn't ever memorize that scripture. Why? Because it's alive. When you put it inside yourself, it can come right back out of you because it's alive. Because we have the Holy Spirit working us, and because Jesus is alive. It is, he is powerful. His word is powerful. The Bible says that his word, not my word, His word will never come back void, meaning it is effective, it is powerful, it will never return without doing something great. And you go, well, I've talked to somebody, I've used a scripture before, and they just kind of stared at me blankly. Well, you know the same thing that I said where you're ministering to somebody and that scripture comes back to you at that one point, at that one time? Do you know that that happens to that person? That they're going down the road, it may be a couple years down the road, but they remember that scripture that you said. They might not remember one other word that you said, but they remember that one scripture that you gave them. That one scripture. Because it comes back. Why? Because it's not dead. The word is not dead. It is not. See, we, we want to look at the word. We want to look at the the we want to look at the letters on a page and we go, well, it's just, it's just a book. No, it's not just a book. It's powerful. Every word. Is powerful. Here's what he says in uh, verse 14. He says, so the word, Jesus, the word, the word became human or became flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. So the word came, the word became flesh. When we speak the word, we're speaking what Jesus said said, and who Jesus is. It embodies him. Now, I'm I'm trying to just want you to understand, why am I saying all this? Well, go back to that first scripture we gave. For the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. See, we, for some reason, we think that we need to know everything, that we have to understand everything that we need to have everything. You know, we talk about this all the time. Our faith in God is so small, so small, because we have everything that we need, especially the United States of America, but no matter how much we need, we always think we need something else. You ever get that? We always think we need something. One another thing. I, no, I need this. No, God, I need this. All right, so this bill is paid, but God, I need this. No, we just need Jesus is what we need. See, when we begin to put our faith and our trust 100% in Jesus, then we really don't need anything else because all the answers are in Jesus. All the answers are in the Word. And when we start to understand how powerful the Word is, how powerful Jesus is, do you realize that Jesus walked around on this earth and he would heal people? And he would raise people from the dead. And Jesus was funny because he would come in, oh, she's just sleeping. Ah, don't worry about it. They're just sleeping. Remember the story of Lazarus we talked about a couple, three weeks ago. The story of Lazarus where he, he, was, he came to, to Lazarus, and he was upset because he was human. He felt the loss and the pain. But then he said, Lazarus Come forth. And not only did Lazarus walk out, but he he still had his grave clothes on. He still had he was still wrapped up in these grave linens when he walked out of the of, of the grave. Why? Because the guy had been dead. I mean, I mean, you know, Martha and Mary's like, oh my goodness, he's gonna stink. You showed up this he's gonna stink already. I mean, he was rotting. It'd been so long. But Jesus shows up on the scene, and he changes it. See, this is the thing. When we say the name of Jesus, you know, I I tell people all the time, if you don't know what to do, if you're going through something, just say the name of Jesus. Just say Jesus. Jesus. Man, that's just a powerful name. And when we mean it, when we say Jesus, sometimes you'll just feel those goosebumps go all over you because there's power in the name of Jesus. There is so much power in his name that he can change anything. If he wanted to right now, he could make the sun come out. Why? Because we know that because of what we talked about earlier. He's on the boat, and the storm was raging and he was sleeping. And all the disciples are going crazy. Oh, my goodness, it's we're going to drown. And they run down to Jesus. Do something. And Jesus just got up and he says, wind and waves, be still. And They go, who in the world is this guy? I mean, they're hanging out with this guy, seeing all these miracles. And they still go. Who in the world is this God? That he can command the waves and the wind to cease, and to, to be still, and they will do it. Do you understand? This is the word of God. This is the word of God. You read this word, or you trust in the word, Jesus, whatever it is, it's is powerful. But I believe that we're a lot like those disciples in that boat many times. Because we read this stuff, and we don't really believe it we don't really understand who the word is what the word is what the power in the word is we don't understand it we don't understand when jesus said hey these things and greater will you do we don't understand that and then when something crazy happens like oh man how did that happen maybe because his word said it would happen he said i will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory How'd that happen? Well, his word says he would do it. He said, I'll take care of you. I'll be there for you. I'll love you. I'll comfort you. I'll heal you. How'd that happen? Because he did it. If we would just begin to believe the word, and let me tell you something, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not pointing at everybody here saying, oh, all of y'all don't believe, and I do. No, what I, I'm working on it too. I'm constantly working on it. Who knows what we could walk in if we would begin to believe the word and the power of his word. As it's there, we have to understand he came in human flesh. And then Hebrews chapter 5 goes on. So he's talking about the word. He's trying to explain to them who is Jesus, what is he, and how powerful is he, and, and what does he mean to us. And he says, every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifice for their sins. And he is able to deal gently with the ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weakness. That is why he must offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as theirs. Talking about an individual. And no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honor. He must be called by God for this work, just as Aaron was. And then verses 8 through 9. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. So he he says the word of God is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And then John, he says the word became human and lived with us. And then here in Hebrews, he says the word, Jesus, became a high priest through the suffering that he did for us. He went through the sufferings that we have to go through to become our high priest. But see, he's the one who forgives sin, unlike the priest of old, and, and if you've went to a Catholic church, you go to, the, you go to the, the father, you say, Father, forgive me, I've sinned. You go into that booth, you know, and you say, Father, forgive me for I've sinned. And they tell, okay, well, tell me your problems. Tell me what you've done. So we don't have to do that. We have a direct connection with the Savior, with Jesus. We have a direct connection with him because he became our high priest because he died on the cross and he rose again three days later from the grave. And then today we get to walk in that. We get to walk in that truth and that understanding that Jesus is the only way to heaven. That his word, that he is the word and that he is powerful, that he is changing my life. He's doing things in my life. So, so what, what do we wanna learn from this morning? Yes, that the word is powerful, but that we want to grab a hold of the word. You know, I was re- talking to Frank, and yesterday we were talking on the phone as we were both doing a little bit of driving, and I've t- heard this a lot of times, but it just went right along with today's message. He says, you know, when I got saved, he says, I want to devour the word of God. I want to get in the word of God. I want to understand it. I wanted to learn. He said, "So him and a, another guy that was going to church, they were young, they didn't know nothing about they'd been in church, but they really didn't know nothing about the word and every day. seven days a week, they would get together to study together and to devour the Word of God and to learn the Word of God. To the point that in their Sunday school class, the Sunday school teacher began to say, "Hey, Frank, what do you know about this? What do you know about that?" Why? Because a Sunday school teacher saw what Frank was doing and saw what the other guy was doing and said, hey, they're devouring the Word of God. They're into the Word of God. They're trying to understand the Word of God. And why is that? Yeah, Frank went on to be be a minister, and that's great. But see, it's for all of us. See, we're all called to full-time ministry. Every one of us is called to full-time ministry. Now, don't y'all walk out on me, okay? We're all called to full-time ministry. You see, we all look at the pastor and go, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the guy up there. That's a full-time minister or a woman. That's, that's our full-time minister right up there. But see, when we become Christians, we're called to get this word inside of us and then get this word out to other people. See, our life here should be on one track. We should have a one-track mind. How can I... Tell the whole world about Jesus. What does John 3:16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that so if I believe in him, I'll be saved. God so loved me, that's what it is. That's what it is. Not the world. Me. God loved me so much. But haven't we made it about ourselves? Oh, God so loved me. So I'm gonna go to church and I'm gonna receive in this. I, I got to watch out because next week we're going to talk a little bit about, bit about this. But I'm going to go get fed, and then I'm going to leave, and I'm going to go get fed, and I'm going to go leave, and I'm going to get. Wait a minute. But the Scripture says God so loved the world, not me. And he does love you, but he loves the world. And so we should have a one-track mind saying, hey, I want to tell people about Jesus. I want to talk to people about Jesus. And you go, pastor, I don't understand the word. I don't know the word. I don't know how to talk to people about Jesus. Give your, share your testimony and then get into the word and share your testimony and get in the word. And if you've got a problem and they go, well, uh, what about this right here? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. Guess what? They'll say, most of them will go, okay, cool. But see, if the only full-time ministers were pastors, we couldn't get anywhere close to reaching the world like we need to. You see, you live out your walk day after day after day, just as the early church did. They lived out their walk day after day. They met together. They grew together. And because of that, the Lord continued to add to their number daily. Yeah, you're going to have those supernatural moments where 3,000 people get saved like with Peter. You're going to have those moments. But, you know, the vast majority of people come to Christ because of somebody else they've seen, because somebody has talked to them. That's how they come to Christ. The vast majority don't come to Christ because you had some big revival. Okay? You may get revived. When you get revived, you're going to start telling people about Jesus. They're going to start seeing things in your life. And and if I called on some of you, I know you could walk up here and you could tell some stories about how you you were able, after you got saved, you were able to go talk to people and you were able to, to tell people and you were excited about what God done in your life and their lives got changed. And that's where we need to be at every day. The older we get in Christ, the more excited we should be. And the closer we get to the coming of Jesus Christ, Or us leaving this earth, the more we should be anticipating who can I talk to? Who can I minister to? Who can I love on? Who can I show Jesus to? Because the word is still alive, it is still strong, it is still powerful. He's wanting to work, He's wanting to move. Why are we having a a women's conference? So we can have a women's conference? So we can say, oh, well, we had a women's. No, we're having a conference because the word of God is alive and it's powerful. And we want to see what God will do in other women's lives. We want to see what changes can happen in their lives. That's why we're having a women's conference. Why do we have a Sunday morning service? Because the word of God is alive. Because let me tell you something. I ain't doing this because I'm making a bunch of money at it. I don't make no money at it. I do it because the word of God is powerful and it's alive and we all need to hear it and we all need to experience it and we need to fellowship together with it. I remember Tina's told me back, uh, you know, in in a far off country where she lived there in West Virginia um, (laughs) in a land far, far away, uh, that she used to have a Bible study with women at her house and it would go to late, late they, they couldn't leave because they'd be studying the Bible together and ministering to each other together. See why? Because it's powerful. You don't get together. Book clubs can get together, yeah. They, but there's no, you don't gain a whole lot out of a book club unless it's a Bible book club. You don't gain a whole lot out of it. It's just something that you, oh yeah, I like this and I like that. You know and you. Know, but when you get together, the Bible, the Word is powerful. And when you get to studying it, Frank and I we talk every day on the phone. And thankfully, we got headsets or our arms would be very tired. But you want to know the majority of what we talk about is the Bible. Why? Because it's powerful, because it actually changes lives. And we want to talk about it. We were together Wednesday night after service when we went out to eat. If if anybody came and sat at our table, they're going to hear us talking about the Word. Yeah, we talk about other things, too. Just not the Razorbacks. Don't talk about the Razorbacks. Okay. Uh, but other than that, we can talk about other things. No. The Word of God is alive and powerful. We should want it. We should want to devour it. We should want it in our soul, and we should want to tell it to other people and live it out in our life. And that's who Jesus is. He is the Word. So when you begin to read the Word, say, I'm reading Jesus. He's an open book. <laughs> I'm reading Jesus. That's what I'm reading. Come on, let's let's pray, can we? Lord, I just want